with an army rising. The church is the breathing grounds for raising godly men and women who are willing to apply kingdom principles and values to bring transformation to their respective societies. We need to have a national focus. We don't have to lose this ambition or else we work against the Great Commission. They are equipped in righteousness. Unless our righteousness exceeds those who just know ABC and surprise others to do, but they don't do. Unless we see that. We pray for God to raise right ministers in our nations. We pray for God to raise right tax collectors. We pray for God to raise right security agents. They are bold and fearless. Standing your ground when the battle has been heated to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit. But we know no defeat. The agenda to possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost hour. Stay tuned in. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to bless God for yet another day. We are looking at the family and endangered institution. Now, two weeks back, we studied the fact that the Puritans saw family life as a calling. Last week, we studied the fact that the Puritan saw the family as a church and a seminary. To the extent that there was this high expectation of the Puritan parents. Because he has to raise his children not only for the church, but also for the states. And I like that so much. They raise children not only for the church, but also for the states. To the extent that they expected the Puritan home to be a place of worship. A place of active worship. Active worship. When you are born into that home, they make sure that you are born again unto God. And they also saw the family as a seminary. I've said they raised children for the church and they raise children also for the service of the states. Now, because I want all of us to see the family as a place of active worship, I want to begin discussing a topic raising family altars. So we want to raise family altars. 
to me a see a busiano aforimutia home worship. Maybe I was sorry, Radipa, if you know. I want to give a compelling reason why we need to raise family altars. And also to take it seriously in this generation. I will use Samuel as a case study. Samuel Samuel was a mother's effort. Samuel was a mother's effort. A product of a godly woman. Wonders to begin this discussion from First Samuel chapter 1. Then I'll be reading the chapter in parts. So I'll be reading some verses in First Samuel chapter 1. So I'll start from verse 10. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. If you give your servant a son, I will also give him back to you for the rest of his life. Great Hannah. You will give me a son. And I will also raise him for you. Verse 17. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. I want to encourage pastors and elders to give encouragement to our parishioners. Let us have the confidence and speak faith into their life. Let us speak grace into their life like Eli did. Sometimes because of his children, we don't even think that Eli was a man of God. But here is a man. He just told Hannah. 
May God, the God of Israel, grant you what you have asked for. Israel, and the woman just took it. May your servant find favor in your eyes because she believed that this is God's representative. Oh. And I believe in what the man of God is saying. The Bible says that the believing God believe also in his prophets. Without seeing any pregnancy, the Bible says that then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. The anguish has been taken away by the pastors or by the priests or by the prophets' way. And listen to this. So, in the course of time, Anna became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. <laughs> Samuel asked the Lord for him. Verse 22. I don't forget her promise to God that if you give me a son, I will also raise him for you for the rest of his life. This should be our pledge as parents to raise children that God gives to us back to him for his service. Now, so it was time for them to go back to Shiloh. And this is what the Bible said, verse 22. Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned. I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Now, see, the seriousness of what she is trying to do is that this is the only child. But she is prepared to raise her for the Lord. She will go and live in the house of the Lord all his life. And let's listen to uh, the pastor husband. Do what seems best to you. Her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. Verse 27. Now here Hannah goes to the mission house 
goes to Eli's house to present the boy. Let's listen to what actually happened. Verse 27. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now, I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. I prayed for this child. And the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. I pray that we will do same. We will raise our children and hand them over to the Lord for the rest of their life. Samuel was a mother's effort. Now, why am I saying this? Why am I still pushing? That who Samuel became was not just about uh, the training he had from Eli because Eli was training but why didn't his children follow him but the mother's effort was great very very great First Samuel chapter 2 verse 18 now a boy wearing a leaning effort First Samuel 2, 18. And 19. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year, his mother made him a little rope and took it to him. When she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice, but Samuel. Nanso Samuel. But Samuel. Na Samuel dear. There is a contrast between the children of Eli and Samuel. Nano ejina hose. Someone was ministering before the Lord. A boy wearing a linen ephod. And the Bible says that the mother will sow this ephod for him each year. Anytime that she visited Shiloh, she will go with this ephod. Now, this was the costume the priest wore. I don't think that the mother just sewed the dress for him, but 
the mother will put the dress on for the boy. And then the mother will tell him, you're a priest. You're a priest. Be like a priest. The mother was putting this in the mind. Each year, the mother will make sure that she goes to Shiloh and then give this boy a new effort. You are a priest. You know how, what I think? I think that because of what the mother planted in this boy's mind, anywhere that Eli was going, this small boy will be following to the extent that he slept in front of the ark. That is how desirous he was to become a priest. I'm sure if he had to enter the ark, he would have opened it and entered it. He wanted to be a priest because the mother said you are a priest. Baomis, the mother we hear about what the children of Eli were doing, but the mother's efforts every year. You were a priest. You are not like them. You were a priest. I prayed for you. I'm handing you over to God. That mother's effort produced a certain man who was a priest, was a judge, and a prophet. Israel's revered priest, revered judge, the last of, of the judges, Israel's revered prophet, Samuel. So now the mother's effort has produced a priest. It has produced a judge. It has produced a prophet. None of his word fell without God honoring it. But See, Samuel was a busy man. Samuel, Very, very busy man. And it is understandable. Because he was a priest. He was a judge. And he was a prophet. Of the whole of Israel. So he was a busy man. Let's examine his life. First Samuel chapter 7. From verse 15 to 17. Samuel continued as judge over Israel all the days of his life. Now pay attention to this. From year to year, back to back, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gigal to Mispa, judging Israel in all those places. Now, 
But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was. And there he also judged Israel. And he built an altar there to the Lord. Now he's just like Church of Pentecost minister. Yes, is in Rama. And then from Rama he has assemblies. He goes judging, comes back to Rama. And in even in Rama, he raises an altar for the Lord. He does his priesthood <laughs> activities. Well, now someone a diemono, I yet to say Pentecost software, Bribium or construction, Yajuma, Namumi and Share, and Yumudun Sono. I said, Now sign by Rama, Naiho, and in a few, a one and a few, now Obu Israel attain, Obu Israel attain a ho, now would see a forimutia waho, Emma, Eurade. Now chapter sixteen, verse thirteen, first Samuel sixteen, thirteen. Mumi and Share, a tea duncia, and Yumudumian, son. Now we want to examine how busy Samuel was. Yes, yeah, and Yana Samuel, in Yuma Dosofa. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Goes back to his home. Goes out to anoint the priests. Goes back to the home. Goes around judging. As a judge. Then comes back home. Raises an altar. But you see, he also did consultation in the house. First Samuel chapter 19. Verse 18. So when he comes home, he's not still resting. And he did some consultation. First Samuel 19:18. When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Nioth and stayed there. Now certainly he will listen to him. So when he's even at home, people come consulting him. And today with the gunny free, move free. No, or call someone chain rama, cocardia, solo, the ayanunina, etreno. Now, on this someone call cotina now, not just a someone, oh, if you crown, nipper banning chain, no banning chain, a coin biasono, utiwong. So the Bible says that it was him to say, When someone died, first Samuel 25 1. All Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Rama. They, they, they loved him and they, they mourned for him. Because he brought back true worship to Israel. The Bible says that there was a time that revelation was rare in Israel. He was the first person that God started speaking to in those days. And from Dan to Bathsheba, everybody knew that revelation was back because of Samuel. 
nanso samwo yobia no sori gina ya no nyame kasafa ni mudie disema kese e ba no ginetum so yo di for kese pa let's read judges 21:25 omi enhwa temu afo homa no eti aduonu ba ko yimu aduonu judges 21:25 in those days israel had no king everyone did as they saw fit na enanu mu no na ohini biara ni israel now this verse here is like a refrain in the book of Judges. You read and you go and meet it. You read and you go and meet it. Everybody did what they saw fit in their own eyes because in those days Israel had no king. This is the book of Judges. And remember that he is the last of the judge. He hems between Judges and Samuel. And so, but this Samuel, before he left the earth, he had given Israel two kings. So nobody can say that you do whatever you like because there is a king. He has restored order in Israel. No wonder when he died, they mourned him. Great man. But something happened. Chapter 8, Samuel chapter 8. From verse 1 to 5. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders, or if you like, Israel's judges. The name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the, his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. Na na baka indi di Joel na di okano huno indi di Abijah woye atimuafuo e wo Beersheba. But his sons. Now, any time that you see the word "but," you should know that there's going to be something like <laughs> about ten. But his sons. Did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gains and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Now, can you imagine Samuel's children behaving like this? Because in his farewell speech, Samuel challenged Israel that tell me if I've taken any bribe, if I've perverted justice, can you imagine that? He said, I've lived among you from my youthful days up to today. Tell me if I've done anything wrong. And the whole Israel said, you have done nothing against us. What a man. 
But what happened? That his children are now taking bribes and perverting justice. Let's move on to verse 4. It starts with the word so. This word simply means that as a result. Because of. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint us a king to lead us. Such as all the other nations have. They saw what the children were doing. And for the respect they had for him, the elders of Israel gathered together and they went to him at home. You are old. What that means is that you are finished. You see, all of us will be old. Our generations will pass. If God grants you age, you'll be old. And then, one day you will die. What legacy are you living for the children? It's not about buildings and cars. These are big toys. You need to leave a Christian legacy. Something that has life. So the men said, you are old. And your sons do not walk your ways. Now appoint a king. Appoint a king. Not from your children. They are disqualified. Proverbs 22 verses. Very popular verse. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Some versions say, train up a child. But I like this one. Start children off. On the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. If they turned after this honest gain, then maybe he didn't start them off well or he didn't train them well or his training was a bit suspect. Maybe it was not good. 
or they never had any training at all. Sometimes, when we are too busy serving Israel, you may forget about your own home. But we have said that your home should be the first church. Samuel was busy. Samuel was very busy, and maybe he never paid attention to his children. Next week, I'll be talking about how to raise this family altar well, what and what you should do. I don't want you to be giving yourself excuses that you wake up in the morning. By 5.30, we have to do this, we have to do that, a traffic. Traffic, traffic. See, when you die, your name will live in your children. What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? How busy are you? Someone was too busy. Busy working for Israel and for God. And when he was no more, the children couldn't carry on from where he left off. See, sometimes we blame Joshua. But Joshua, his mandate was to take Israel to Canaan. He took them there, didn't he? He did. That was where they were going to live. He was not going to give them any other leader to take them where. They have arrived. And the Bible says that he said, for me and my children, we will serve the Lord. And the scripture says that all the generation of people who grew up with Joshua, they all served God faithfully. It was when that generation had been gathered that the other generation went into a kind of apostasy. Otherwise, don't let us blame Joshua. The issue is not about you serving God, but it's about you and your family serving God. That's Mumiyanshenyanfanoma Brothers and sisters, why do we give birth to children just to give them over to hell? Why do you give birth to a child and make the child the candidate of hell? Why? Why? Then why the use? If your child is going to populate hell, then why should you give even birth to the child? The home. Should be a church. And a seminary. See, they 
The irony of Samuel's matter is this. He lived in Eli's house. He saw the lifestyle of Eli's children. God spoke to him about the wickedness of these children and the judgment he was going to bring to them. How come that his children also did not follow his ways? History sometimes repeats itself. But don't allow this kind of history to be repeated in your home. The elders said, You are old, and your children have not followed your ways. So give us a king. Give us a king. I will end this evening's discussion with a quote from Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass was the leader they were the founder of the AME Zion Church. Asimbia, Frederick Douglass, Oye AME, and as the AME Zion for no software, we and okay. This is what he said. And so that we will pay attention to raising the children from the onset. Now, shall we read together? It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. It is easier. To build strong children than to repair broken men. Eh, mre, se ube to me atitim of ra ye ten se wedun in penny fears no obabe boa atinitino. Start children off. Se o titim of ra on the way they should go. Titi won't cry pies and when they are old, as wunya, they will not turn from it. Oh, money free sarquine. And Frederick Douglass, and Frederick Douglass and so I can say, is enforcing this scripture. He says this, and let me quote again. Quote and unknown quote. It is easier to build strong children. Than to repair broken men. Where is your child? Where is your child? When do you want to start raising them? It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. May the Lord be with all of us as we ponder over this message that he has given us today. When we build our family well, we will show the world and teach the world that God gave us a gift of marriage and by extension, family. And this is God's own idea. May the Lord bless us. We want to be upstanding. If you can, wherever you are. And I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray. Then begin to pray. Thanks for listening to today's word. Subscribe to our social media handles for life-transforming messages.